0: This week on Jesus Center Stage, we're joined by very special guest Rachel Smith from Transformed Wife. We talk about prom missions, marriage, and doing all things with Jesus at the center. Last week on the podcast, um, I know we kind of left uh, the the cliffhanger, I guess you could say, that we yes. was having a special guest this week and. Uh, and here we are, and I'm not going to waste much time on on openings and those kind of things because uh, we've got a lot to talk about, don't we? We do. So, um, yeah. to, today on the podcast, uh, we are being joined by Rachel Smith, um, that is with Transformed Wife, and uh, even though this podcast, I believe, is going to be enjoyable, going to be uh, uh, something, I guess you could say, educational. Uh, a lot of people, I believe, can learn some things and, and get to know about Rachel and her ministry. Um, but I'm going to kind of turn things over here to Elsie and uh, and uh, let her kind of take over. I know she's been itching to talk about prom now for <laughs> <laughs> for going on uh, ever since prom happened. So uh, we're we're going to uh, we're going to get into that. But I just would like to uh, to introduce uh, Rachel Smith. Nice to have you here with us today
1: thank you so much for this opportunity
0: i'm just honored really well we're certainly glad to have you so Uh,
2: i guess i need to start with my uh, a little bit of a stalking thing going on for like the year you know just watching you on facebook and watching your transform wife posts, and watching your personal posts um i was really excited when i when you friended me so it wasn't just the ministry page but i was seeing your life and how you shared your your own life um so when i saw the prom post um, prom is something i've always wanted to do and never had the opportunity didn't know that adult proms existed didn't know that anybody Mm -hmm. uh, that a christian would host a prom and so i was like this is really cool and i sent it to shane as a joke and he took it seriously and asked me to go to prom. So wow. I
0: secretly wanted to go to prom.
2: <laughs> I think yeah. I, I think I figured that out with the with trying to get the clothes and everything. He said one time, "If I'm going to prom, I want to look like I'm going to prom." Mm-hmm. So it's and like, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what? And you two looked amazing, y'all. Y'all really did. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. And, you know, one thing she hadn't thought about when she asked me was. You know, years ago before I was saved, uh, I loved to go out dancing and stuff, but it was in places that I I shouldn't have been. Uh, So being Mm -hmm. able to do those things now uh, are, you know, really non-existent until we find something like like the event that you put on. So she was surprised. I said yes, but I thought, hey, here's an opportunity to go have fun and dance and and enjoy these things and, and not feel bad about it the next day.
1: Yeah, yes, and
2: exactly. when I first um, messaged you, I don't know if you remember this, but I messaged you and asked you if there was going to be alcohol, and <laughs> after you replied and said no, I was like, oh, no, now she thinks I wanted that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you, you know, it's, it, it's just like Shane said, you know, um, to be able to go and have fun and dance and you know, have a night out where there is no alcohol and where, you know, I definitely didn't think that you wanted it, but you would be surprised that some people expect it. And and for me, it's just my heart to have a clean Christian atmosphere. Um, Of course, all the music isn't Christian music, but it's clean music. It's love stories. It's nothing vulgar. And I just, you know, like I said at the prom, um, one of the reasons I do this is because I want people to be able to have that fun night, to dress up for each other, to dance and to, you know, um, just enjoy each other. And like you did on your wedding day, people dance on their wedding day and then they never dance together again. So um, I'm glad that I can create that atmosphere for couples.
2: Yes, we, we loved every single minute of it. In fact, most of the time I get uncomfortable in unfamiliar situations and i didn't have a second of that that night like i just felt like i didn't have to worry about anybody being inappropriate i didn't have to worry about Mm -hmm. anybody you know i just i just didn't have to worry about anything and it just felt free and fun and it was just amazing so um we enjoyed every literally every minute it was great <laughs> we
0: did. and i've i've already got uh someone who's seen the pictures and stuff that said if i knew that was going on i would have brought my wife so <laughs> we, we got somebody else interested in coming if we do it again next year
1: yeah well it is something that you know i've done for the past several years and i hope to you know we willing to do it again um so yeah
2: well let's let's jump to that what what events and activities besides prom um we were we met a couple of other couples at prom and they were singing your praises and what all you do with the ministry and the marriage and the passion that you have for that so they mentioned a couple of other things so what what other things do you host besides prom
1: well and um, typically every february around valentine's weekend i host a marriage conference and it's a weekend event um a two-day event where couples come and it's more of you know we still have fun but it's more of a teaching and just a time of uh, you know building couples up and giving them the tools to help strengthen their relationship and most of the people who come are married but we have some engaged couples come as well And we, you know, just go over some of those, just those key things that you need to know to really keep your marriage strong, keeping God at the center. And so that um, is one of my favorite events because, you know, there's couples that come in there who just maybe barely making it, and they walk out of there really feeling like they have gotten the tools to to keep going. So um, that's usually every February. And then I also do a um, women's retreat and it's not just for wives it's for any women to come and that's a weekend getaway and um the past two years we've been at, we've done it on the mountain in Gatlinburg but um we're thinking about maybe the beach next time so oh, uh, count, me <laughs> count me
2: in count me in
1: still praying about that one and praying about dates but um I have done women's conferences women's expos and even those those aren't um, just for wives. you know there's there's wives there that uh, learn about the marriage ministry and still get encouraged in their marriage. and um, And so that's some of the events, um, and then, of course, you know, traveling overseas and stuff as well.
2: The uh, the events that the women's conferences and weekends is something else I've been stalking on Facebook. I see the pictures. I'm like, man, that looks like a that looks like good. That looks like a. I I I need to get in on this circle. I need to get in on this.
1: Yes, it was. You know, and this the last one I had was um, January of this year, and I ended up getting COVID right before the retreat, and it was one of those moments where I had to really know what God spoke to me. You know, was you know knowing that that was the lord because there was such a risk at that time and you know i just like to give god glory because we had 39 women come and none of them wanted to wear a mask and we were in the cabin together for three days and not one person got covid wow and i had just recovered from it um so it was risky but nobody got it nobody got sick at all and and people were delivered from all kinds of addictions and just many things happened so
2: that's amazing that yeah, is amazing sure. God is God is amazing He never ceases to amaze me with things like that so yeah. um, can you share a little bit I know we've talked about the, the transformed wife and some of the things that you do can you share a little bit of your testimony and how transformed wife came to be
1: yes so me and my husband we've actually been together for 19 years and 14 of those years we've been married so We've been together more than half my life, and we got married very young, had kids young, and we didn't really do it you know the right way, God's way. We kind of did everything backwards. Um, we were married by the time I was eighteen, and so being so young and getting married, nobody sat us down and told us what it takes to make a marriage last. Nobody you know showed us those biblical principles in the Word of God that that helps a couple make it through. And so, very, you know, early on, we had a lot of issues in our marriage. We struggled, and in 2014, it had gotten really bad. We were sleeping in separate rooms, kind of living like roommates. And um, my husband, I didn't realize that he had a strong addiction to pornography, that eventually led to, you know, sex addiction and adultery. And at the time that I really wanted to try to turn things around, at that same time, he was already involved with another woman. Um, I didn't know it. But I re- remember he had asked me to leave, and it was right around Christmas time. And I went out and got an apartment, or I was looking for an apartment. And in my heart, I was like, you know, I don't really want this, but we've tried some. You know, for so long, we we had done counseling, although we didn't go to Christian counseling. And we just kind of felt like we had grew up and grew apart, and that's what the world had told us, that, you know, you just grew up and grew apart. And so um, to try to make it not such a long story, I I remember just crying out in my car one day, like, okay, God, do I go and get this apartment, or do I... um, you know, stay in my marriage. And God just told me that day to stay and to fight. And so, you know, I told my husband, I said, I really feel like we can, we can make this work and I want to stay and I want to fight for our marriage. And that was whenever he told me that he was already involved with someone else. He had really strong feelings and he just kind of felt the marriage was over, but I didn't give up. I cried out to God and, you know, the reason my ministry is called Transform Wife is because when I cried out to God I, I wasn't asking God you know how do you change my husband I was asking God how do I change how do I become a better wife how do I become a better woman and you know it kind of brings me tears to, to think about that because um, you know although my husband was doing wrong there was so many things that I was not doing right and Not that it gave him any excuse to cheat, but it just, you know, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, to put that mirror to yourself and say, Mm -hmm. God, what is wrong in me? You know, how have I failed as a wife? What have I missed? You know." And so that's when God began to like really open my eyes and it was like he took these blinders off and he showed me that I was disrespectful and self-righteous and prideful and just so many things, and when I seen that, I said, God transform me, you know, and so Romans 12, 2 is the verse that the ministry stands on is, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will know the will of God, and so as God transformed my mind and my heart, I began to see his perfect will for marriages, and I began to study his word, and study books, and Just kind kind of came obsessed with marriage and how to make it work from a biblical perspective, and ever since then, I have been teaching others, you know, what I've learned. And um, through that, God restored our marriage completely. My husband rededicated his life to God. He walked away from the affairs, the adultery, the sexual addictions, and was totally delivered from all of that. And so, God restored our marriage, and so. That's how it started, and and I've just ever since then been helping marriages. That that
2: story, I've heard parts of it. I haven't heard the whole thing like that. That that is amazing to me. And and what you just what you said in the middle of that, like God, how what about me when you, when you turn that mirror? Like I feel like not only in marriage, but in a lot of situations, we we tend to look outwardly and want God to change everything around us. But, yes. But a lot of times the problem is what's within us. Um, mm-hmm. if, if the things around us we're looking at with pride or self-righteousness or bitterness or regret or, you know, any, anything, any, any type of sin, any type of the works of the flesh, and we're, we're looking at everything else, like we need you to, God, we, I need you to change all this stuff around me. But it's actually the stuff inside of us that he's wanting to change to conform us into the image of Christ. Yes, I Amen that's uh that's an amazing story you kind of answered one of my uh questions about what began your passion just you living it big be- is is what kind of started that
1: yeah, and you know i I really feel that um not saying all churches but in the body of Christ, I feel there's been a lack of teaching you know for the younger um couples that are you know ready to get married or engaged and you know we need to talk about some of these things that you know that are so important to help keep a marriage together we need to talk about sex in the church God's view of it not mm-hmm. the world's view because you know those are some of the the key things um that that are helpful that I feel like somehow it's not getting talked about as much and forgiveness and you know how to let go of the past and it I've just studied a lot on these things, and and I just really have that desire to, you know, to help people.
2: There's one thing that, since we've been married, um, it's actually something that Shane had had said to me during the first year that we were married. But we were talking about how there it's so normal for husbands and wives to treat each other with. A lack of respect or a lack of honor and it's just well he's my husband so i can talk to him that way or she's my wife i can talk to her that way
1: mm-hmm.
2: but he's he said this to me in the first year that we were married why do we think it's okay to treat each other like that if we wouldn't treat another brother or sister in the church that way and just exactly. just having that mindset of yes he's my husband yes she's my wife but first of all they are a child of god and they deserve that honor and that respect and that love as a child of God first. Um, I know that changed, um, what you said, we, we need more teaching. We need more teaching on how to have a biblical marriage. Um, but that like, I wish I would have known that before, you know, like I wish I would have had that concept before, but, um, when when he said that to me like i started thinking you know what this is this is right on you know and and then i started yeah. listening to other people and i'm thinking it's such a normal thing like the way that wives talk about their husbands the way husbands talk about their wives it's it's become such a normal thing that they don't even realize it yes and okay. i think that's where we need like you said we need some more teaching on, on biblical marriage and how that this can work and how it's not, um, I've heard this said, I know it's kind of cliche, but how marriage is not, let's try it out and if we don't like it, we can change it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's an attitude that a lot of people have going into it is I'm just going to try this out for a little while and if yeah. it doesn't work, oh, no big deal.
0: Yeah, and I picked mm-hmm. up too that uh, in in your testimony you you talked about when you started doing it God's way, and uh, I think you know I, myself for one. I, I have a past, and I've uh, I know what relationships look like when they're done uh, by my standards, and uh, yeah. and it wasn't uh, it wasn't until I came to know the Lord and and wanted to serve Him that I understood how to how to have a relationship with with a wife. Uh, so I think. I think that doing it God's way is uh, is something that uh, it takes, you know, sometimes it takes some, some bumps in the road and, and um, you know, some, some hard times to realize that what we're doing and what our flesh tells us to do or how to react is, is really not going to work out. Yeah,
1: and I think it's important to remember that, you know, doing it's... Doing it God's way doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to always be, you know, just butterflies and rainbows. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be uh, all happiness. I mean, Jesus told us that in this world you will have trials, you know, but that because of him we have the power to overcome. And I think that's important to remember because a lot of times people think marriage isn't supposed to be work that it's supposed to just be easy and it's not always easy. Now, I will say when you do it God's way, it's easier and more rewarding. Right. But there's still trials that you have to face. There's still things. You know, marriage is, um, there's a wonderful book called, um, it's by Gary uh, Thomas called Sacred Marriage. And it talks about how marriage was meant to make you holy more than happy. And so that has, reading that book, changed my whole perspective because when we look at marriages, you know, we're, yes, we, I am a happily married person and there are happy times, but there there's those trials, there's those times where it's hard to forgive or it's hard to show grace and, you know, we mess up or your spouse says something that you don't like. And during those times, that's when it really exposes your own character mm-hmm. and it brings you closer to God And so, really, through marriage, you find out, you know, how holy are you and what areas still need to be worked on. You know, we're, um, I mean, God is always fine tuning us. And so, you just learn more through marriage. And I mean, that is, besides your relationship with God, marriage is the closest relationship you will have on earth. And just like it's a reflection of God, Jesus, in the, in the church you know and that's how our marriage should be and through that relationship we learn more about things that we need to change we learn you know our selfish ways and so I have felt that through everything that we've been through it has really brought me closer to God I'm not perfect but it has brought me to a closer place to where you know I'm not living in those sins and things are being exposed and being removed
0: yeah, um, I, I had thought something that, uh, as Elsie was talking about, you know, something that that was said that kind of changed her perspective. One that uh, that I heard, and it actually come. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Jace and Missy Robertson, um, but it came from them, uh, and he said a, a marriage should be two people trying to help each other get to heaven. And uh, wow, well, I think that, once I heard that, I think it has, uh, it has it stopped a lot of arguments in our house before they started, yeah. because I thought, if I say, you know, the first thing that popped in my head, if I say that, is that going to provoke her to anger, or is it going to provoke her into something good and something that's going to help her spiritually? and uh so when you think about that yeah so that that was something that uh it's it's funny sometimes it it just takes you know one little line uh to stick with you and uh and to change the way you look at, at each other
2: well it's like you said a while ago that when a marriage relationship like exposes those things in you and god uses that to to show you things about yourself um I've never thought about it quite that way, but I really like that that he mm-hmm. uses that relationship to continue to transform you and continue to make you into the image of Christ yep. so what would be I know I know that marriages are there's there's some that are happy and I love the way that you pointed out that they're not perfect no matter how if no matter if they're happily married, they're still not perfect but marriages right. can be in in different levels of Fulfillment. I'll, I'll go with that. What would you say to someone who is about to give up? Like, what? What practical, spiritual? Any? Any advice? Really? What would you say to somebody who's about to give up?
1: Well, there's a. You know, I do a lot of marriage counseling, and you know, there's a few things that I that I always say. First and foremost, that you don't leave anything, whether it's a marriage, a church, a job, you don't leave nothing unless you have spoken to God and you have heard from the Lord. And I know that it's God's will for marriages to stay together. I know that's His His will. You know, the Bible tells us that right. He hates divorce. And so I tell everybody you've got to get a word from the Lord. You've got to get into your prayer closet and pray and fast and speak to God and let him show you, you know, because God's the only one that he's the only one that knows the future and whatever trial they're facing, God sees the other side of that trial and he can bring a word to encourage you uh, to keep on going. Um, so I always encourage people to spend time with the Lord because I could sit here all day and tell someone, don't, you know, don't give up. But I also want to make sure that they hear from the Lord for themselves and get a word to stand on too. Right. Um, So that's important. But also, secondly, we have to remember that nobody is perfect. No marriage is perfect. No husband's perfect. No wife is person perfect. It doesn't matter what you see on social media, what you see on TV. There is nobody perfect. And so, you know, this may not be so much spiritual, but. I tell people, if you get a divorce and, you know, say you want to go on and get married with someone else in the future, that person's going to have issues too. There is no such thing as perfect. So, you, it's, you know, the world has gotten their mind like, well, I'm going to get a divorce and find somebody better. Well, you may find somebody else that sins differently, but that doesn't mean they're <laughs> better. That's good. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, because, it's and, true. I, and I've seen it happen. I, I've seen people divorce someone because, you know, maybe you got one husband that, that's just lazy and don't want to work and they would divorce them and end up with another one that's a drunk or, you know, and, yeah. and I'm not saying there's not good guys out there. There's not good women out there. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that everybody's imperfect and there's still something, no matter what relationship you're in, you're going to have to, there's something that's going to be a battle that, you know, you're going to have to pray through. You're going to have to fast through. You're going to have to pray together and stand, you know, be in agreement and stand for each other. And that to me is what's important, like making sure that you're, you know, not being so focused on what's wrong with that person, because there's going to be something wrong with everybody. Right. But learning how to pray through that, to stand by their side, you know, to help them work through that, their relationship with God. Um. Help each other get to heaven. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anybody divorce. And so, I I mean, I do always try to encourage couples to work through it, that it can get better, that, you know, there are tough seasons. But just, just like I talked about the prom, you have those tough seasons. And in those tough seasons, sometimes you want to give up. But if you would just stand together and be in prayer and, you know, just show the enemy that you're not going to give up, you'll make it to that better season. You know, things are brighter on the other side. Uh, it's just about being committed and remembering. I mean, I feel like I could say a lot, but, you know, remembering that you're in covenant. It's not a contract. It's a covenant that you made, and it's, it's a lifelong commitment. And, you know, staying in that marriage, um, I think you just have to eliminate the thought of divorce. You know, like you said, Elsie, you said people go into marriage with the thought of, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just get a divorce. If they can get their mindset to the point to where divorce is not an option. And I tell people this all the time, you know, if knowing and having the perspective that marriage is a lifelong covenant that you have made, then you will want to have the best marriage you can. Nobody would want to uh, be in a lifelong, you know, relationship and not be happy. Right. So why would you not make the best of it? So, you know, I try to encourage those couples, like, it can be good again. You know, it's just about, you know, putting in the work and being in prayer and, and all of those things.
2: Yeah, that is one thing that I think has helped our marriage is just when, before we went into it, we we knew divorce is not an option so no matter what we go through no matter how mad we can get at each other we're still in this and I think that you know we through the rough spots through you know we get we have arguments sometimes we're not perfect but even in those moments I know he's not going to walk out on me he knows I'm not going to leave you know because we we entered this thing knowing this is forever when you know divorce is not something we're going to throw at each other it's not it's not an option so and I think for me that has given me a security even mm-hmm. when we're mad at each other and I don't want to talk to him right then <laughs> um even in those moments I'm like like I'm still his wife and he's still there and yeah. we're going to get through this and this is just a moment and the moment doesn't last forever and you know so I think I just, just us personally. That just having that perspective, I can testify that that makes a difference.
1: So, yeah, and you know, too, I, I think that we, I think it's important that we don't forget the power of God. I feel like sometimes we just we forget how powerful He is, and you know, it's it's easier to talk about it, but when you get in a marriage and you feel like giving up and you're struggling you got to really know that God is powerful, and, right. and He has the ability, you know, to resurrect your dead marriage, and He has the ability to shift things around, and He has the ability to soften hearts and convict hearts, and, and we just cannot diminish that power and remembering that in those those struggling times of just how powerful He is and what He can do in our lives
2: yeah there's no nothing is too far gone yeah Yeah. it's it's never it's never too late or too far gone
0: And you you know i've uh, i've known people who 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 didn't know god that that had long and and you know marriages and and uh, Mm -hmm. no divorce those kinds of things and and it really i don't understand from you know from my experiences i don't Sometimes understand how those things happen, how they work that yeah. that well. But I do think it, that if you get into a situation kind of like what your testimony was, uh, a situation maybe with uh, uh, you know a break in the trust in the marriage and stuff, mm-hmm. I I just don't see how a, a marriage can be fully healed uh, without God. Um, you know, I without, think yeah. I think sometimes people can push those things aside. But I think without God, you know, giving you that, um, that that uh, the means of forgiveness and and yeah. compassion, um, I I just don't I don't see how that how a, a marriage could ever be healed without Him.
1: Yeah, and I I totally agree with you. I I think when you see those marriages that have made it a long time like that, that they may not be happy, are they, you know, they're not receiving the full reward yeah. of, as a marriage that's put God at the center and really obeyed His laws. Um, yeah, maybe they could make it, you know, years and years um, together, but are they really, you know, are they really having the full reward of what marriage is supposed to be and enjoying, you know, maybe they are still living with some type of bitterness or unforgiveness. Yeah. And like in my marriage, you know, there's no unforgiveness there. There's no bitterness there. We don't bring up the past unless it's to help others. And so there truly is happiness and um, true restoration.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes, you know, those, I, like those marriages, could we could relate it to, to anything. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. take, your, you know, a food, whatever your favorite foods are, and you might think you, you've eaten the same brand your whole life. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you try a different brand and you think, well, this, this was way better than what I've been thinking was good. And I think, yeah. you know, we look at those marriages and people say, well, we got a great marriage. But if it's, if it's outside of, of what God had planned for marriage uh, and he's not included in it, then I think if they ever tried that, then they would say, hey, this was so much better than what I, yeah. what I, what I thought was good all that time.
2: I think as much yeah, of I a difference the Lord is good. Yes, <laughs> right. as much of a difference as he makes in our in our lives when we at salvation that same transforming power that same re- restoration that same forgiveness just what the blood can do on a personal life I believe when you apply that into marriage like it it makes all the difference to have him at the focus like it he he can do yeah. so much more than just two imperfect people trying to make it. Like he can, you add that perfect third. You know, you add that perfect third person, and it just it, he just makes a world of difference. Um, one one other question I wanted to get to uh, before we before we leave this today. So you have you have your marriage. You're a mom. You have these ministry. You do marriage counseling. You go on mission trips. You have a lot of stuff going on all the time how do you balance all of those things and keep Jesus in focus
1: yeah you know it, it is hard I will say to keep a good balance um, but I I always have kind of just kept that order you know that God is first and so I try every morning when I wake up to you know spend time in prayer spend time in the word before I start my day um, making him you know the first priority and you know, then, then I believe after God is your spouse and you got to make time for date nights and, um, you got to make time, e- even if it's just, you know, Netflix, even if that's your date, night, sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, making at least, uh, you know, one or two times a week to where there's that alone time with just you and your spouse and, commu- you know, and of course every day, you know, we're texting and, you know, calling and, and communicating and all of that. Um, and then, it, it, you know, this is hard for a lot of parents, especially moms. You know, this is hard to say that your kids come after your marriage. And that's not, you know, always people don't look at that um, easily, you know, that, that statement. But it is true that, you know, your marriage is after your relationship with God and then your time with your children. And, and then, you ha- I mean, you have that family time, too, but and then your ministry, because I have seen a lot of uh, marriages fall apart because people get too involved in ministry and I've always told my husband if there's ever a time that you feel like I'm doing too much and you feel like I need to take a step back then just tell me because you know I don't want that I mean I can't be out here pouring into all these other marriages and suffering myself now that's not to say that me and my husband don't fight I mean we're we're like any other couple we're going to have arguments we're going to have issues but we you know we argue and then we get over it and we make Mm -hmm. up we don't dwell on it we don't stay stuck um and I learn from those you know I learn from those arguments so it's it's really about that you know um making sure that your family, your children, your marriage, that is your first ministry before you're going into other homes and helping others. Um, and just, and I, I think that question, you know, asking your spouse, you know, am I doing too much? Is there areas that you need me to cut back on? Is there, you know, I mean, of course you, you talk about that with the Lord too. You know, you want to, you know god will show you if you're doing too much if you need to take a step back you know during covid i took a little bit step back and didn't do as much events and things and it was nice it was more family time and we moved and so i think and you know i think sometimes you have those busy seasons and you have this more slow one but just just making sure that you're keeping that uh communication open with your spouse about that, that balance and um and so that they feel comfortable to come to you and say, I think you need to slow down a little bit. We need more time together in our marriage or you know, something like that.
2: Yeah, I really like how you, how you in, in your answer to that, how you laid out that order. I think that that's really important. And it, I think it helps if you if you have God first, then it helps the rest of it fall in line. And I know what you said about the, the marriage coming before the kids is a very unpopular statement. Um, yeah. But I think it's I think it's true. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I really appreciate how you how you brought the order into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've been to marriage conferences before that um, I used to go to a really large one where they I mean, they would have like almost a thousand people and they always offer uh, the conferences for free to pastors And one of the reasons was, I never knew this until I got involved, but pastors have have a very high divorce rate. And um, if they're not divorced, they have, uh, you know, not the healthiest of marriages because oftentimes they put their church and the people before their own marriage. And, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, pastors are extremely busy, and and I just felt I needed to kind of bring that up because maybe there will be a pastor listening to this and maybe feeling like, you know, just things are getting a little out of hand. And, he, you know, maybe that pastor listens, trying to keep it together at home and trying to run the church. But God just wants to bring all that into balance. And, and he doesn't ever want us losing our marriages or losing our families over, you know, the, minis- the ministry outside of our home.
2: Right. Like Absolutely. you said, the ministry inside our home is our first mm-hmm. one. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, well, Um Rachel, we've got about... Uh, about four minutes left here um, we, we started out with talking about the prom and we know that that was a fundraiser for missions um, and to, as we get ready to close today uh, i would like to get uh, information if anyone you know how they can follow you uh, how they can uh, if they want to help with your ministry those kinds of things but i know you spent a lot of time uh, out on the mission field and doing a lot um, and in in about two or three minutes here, could you tell us maybe the uh, the most surprising thing you might have seen or the funniest thing you might have seen or the most m- moving thing you might have seen? Just something that really sticks out from your, your time in, on the missions.
1: You know, I think the biggest thing for me is traveling overseas that Africa was just the love, the love that, that the people there had. Um, you know, the Bible talks about um how a prophet's not honored in in his own hometown and and just going overseas there was just so much love and support and not saying i don't get that here but it's just different you know and there's just so much love in that country but that's a big thing because um i mean god is love so that's huge the the second thing that was just very eye-opening to me was the children and how how they spent their whole days just worshiping the lord and here in America, sadly, you know, and my kids do it too, our kids are so consumed with video games and social yeah. media and um, TV that that's, where, that's what they're feeding themselves with. But in, in Africa, a lot of the kids, they don't have anything like that. They don't have any um, devices. So they spend their day just worshiping the Lord, you know, singing songs to Him. And so, honestly, even though the children may not have as much um, material things they they have a lot. They have yeah. a
0: lot. I think we could all learn something from that. Definitely. What you just said. Yes.
2: Definitely. So, how can people get involved with you? How can they like contact information, Facebook? Just like share yeah. with us, share with the listeners how to follow you and learn more about your ministry.
1: Um, I have a Facebook page called Transformed Wife and uh, that's two words and then i also have a website it's www.transformlife.com and so they can go to either of those um on my website there's you know there's some blogs that i have written i have i haven't written a lot lately but i do a lot of counseling on the side so i kind of stay busy with that but um yeah those are the two best ways to to get in contact with me
2: Okay. Well, we really appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your evening and joining us for this episode. We were—I was really excited about it. You were like when we started this podcast um, in January. You were one of the people who made our first list of we need—we need her on as a guest. Now, just how can we get in touch with her?
1: <laughs> I love
2: that. Thank so, you. I
1: feel so honored. Really.
2: Well, we really appreciate it, and uh, maybe we'll do it again one day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for this
0: opportunity. And a big thanks to Rachel Smith for joining us this week. Don't forget to check her out on Facebook and on her website at Transformed Wife. And don't forget also to check out Jesus Center Stage on Facebook and YouTube for additional uh, content, video, and the unscripted segments. And remember, keep Jesus Center Stage in your life.